Deceptions Podcast. Why should this company form and shape my identity and pretend that it's giving me meaning and purpose? I don't want that anymore. Imagine a DeLorean time machine car appears outside your house this year and you get in and you're told that you're going to 2052 to see what the future looks like. You arrive and you see what it actually looks like 30 years from now. Do you want that future? What would you do to get there or to get away from that future? That's what we're going to find out. Does your work feel more like Fred Flintstone's work life or George Jetson's work life? Meet George Jetson. His boy, Elroy. Now, let me explain a little bit what I mean. You you know the Flintstones and the Jetsons? They were famous cartoons from the 1960s. The Flintstones was a Stone Age family probably got the tune going around in your mind as I'm saying this. There was Fred and Wilma Flintstone and their friends Barney and Betty Rubble. And they were the modern Stone Age family from Bedrock. And uh, Fred worked at a quarry, naturally, and it was a full work week. And when the the bell went off, which is a a crazy sort of pterodactyl-looking thing that got its tail pulled, he would go, yabba-dabba-doo, the work week was finished, and off he'd go. And George Jetson, on the other hand, the Jetsons wasn't such a famous cartoon as uh, the Flintstones, but George Jetson was the futuristic man. He was born apparently in 2022, and so the futuristic life that's depicted is about 2062, and he was a digital index operator, make of that what you will, at Spacely Space Sprockets. It was a tech desk job. But here's the kicker. He had three hours of work per day, for three days a week, nine hours in total of work. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I'm on my commute. I'll press that into one day and I'll just do a nine-hour day. (laughs) But lots of things he was doing haven't turned out like the future we thought would be. There were flying cars that were going a 1,000 kilometres an hour and no traffic. There was a robot maid and a Roomba isn't even close to what this maid could do. And everything was based around how much leisure time they had. The future, according to the cartoon in 1962, was more leisurely. It was more a place where work was taken off your hands and you could pretty much do what you want. The interesting thing to me, though, if you think about this, Fred's life in Bedrock is more like the future than George's life, isn't it? And and many people listening to this would be thinking, how could you have the kind of life that George has? It, their life feels more like Fred Flintstone's. It seems to be that we're working longer hours, not less as we go into the future. It feels like the future has created more work 
and less leisure in terms of time than the past. And more than that, what we're going to look at is that companies often want more of not just our working hours, they want more of us, more of who we are. So for Fred, when he finished his day, it was he could be who he wants to be and yabba-dabba-doo away, but it feels that there's no yabba-dabba-doo for us. It feels like work is connected into us in such a way that it's hard to break free from it. And we have social media, we have access to us all hours through emails, we work in constant contact with each other, and through the pandemic we were working from home. The lines just blurred. And the social agendas of our workplace also want to take in all of us, who we are, and create a sense of meaning about us. Now, uh, just a caveat on that, and there's always a a caveat, not all work has increased in hours. Much of the the jobs that were uh, down the food chain, so to speak, for many people, and especially in hard labour, has had less hours put into it as technology has helped those jobs and the unionisation of the workforce. People are working less hours in general but it's professional jobs where the work hours have increased. There's something about a rewarding job that is also rewarding us in other ways that has the promise of offering us something more than just work. In a recent Financial Review article, career development business manager Sandy Hutchinson talks about diversity in workplaces, the need to make our places in the office more diverse. But she said it's not just about getting the best out of people. Diversity is about bringing your whole self to work. Here's what she said. We need to create climates where people can bring their whole selves to work because employees are looking for meaning and purpose, not just a paycheck. Note those terms, whole self to work and meaning and purpose. My grandfather worked in the Belfast shipyards. And if you've seen the movie Belfast, the big cranes at the start of that movie dominate the city. And every day from the age of 13 for almost 50 years before he dropped dead of a heart attack at 63, he never thought that work was about meaning and purpose. It was about the paycheck. He looked elsewhere for meaning and purpose. And though ironically in Northern Ireland, which was deeply religious, he didn't look there. He probably found it more at the pub drinking Guinness. But there's a revealing comment in that meaning and purpose, isn't there? And it's born out from where I think we're headed. Culturally, we have a meaning-purpose gap. We have shifted from a religious framework in our world that kind of held us together a little bit to a much more secular frame. And there's a huge search in our culture because when meaning and purpose disappears from one thing, it has to be put somewhere else. Psychologists are also reporting this, that people are struggling for meaning and purpose. And in our setting, work promises to fill that void very, very well. Derek Thompson, who writes about work and meaning and demography and all those sorts of things that bring us to cities, he makes this comment about mid-20th century economists. He said they failed to anticipate that for the poor and middle class, work would remain a necessity. But for the college-educated elite, it would morph into a kind of religion promising identity, transcendence and community. Meaning and purpose, identity, transcendence, community. All these things are coming to the fore at the same time as we have the rise of what we call the nuns, those who have left religion behind, those things that used to provide identity, transcendence and community. And what are we seeing? Companies are more than happy to fill up the empty bucket. 
It's not that we so much live in an over-governed culture, but an over-corporatized one. Corporations in the Western world have become the vanguards of meaning, and we see it in diversity and inclusion, in Wear a Purple Day, the strong sense that this floor is a place of community where you make your friendships, and we've seen it done badly too, uh, where social shapers like the appalling David Brent in the UK version of The Office just makes work a miserable place to be, even though he's trying to do it well. And I think too the pandemic was a game changer, and it was a big reveal. It fast-tracked a lot of change in the workplace, because what it also showed that there were many people who didn't want to find meaning and purpose in work, and once they got the chance to get away from the office, they haven't necessarily wanted to go back. Some have gone back, of course, and many companies are trying to get people to come back to the cities. But many people love the flexibility of what working from home gives them. And for many that have gone back, there's another issue that's come to the fore. It's called quiet quitting. That's right, quiet quitting. And what it is, is that people are saying, I'm going to work to rule. I'm going to keep my head down. The company wants me to invest who I am in this place, but I'm not prepared to do that. I'm just going to draw the line and say, that's it. TikTok videos of quiet quitters are racking up millions of views. People are asking, why should this company form and shape my identity and pretend that it's giving me meaning and purpose? I don't want that anymore. Which way is this going to go? Are companies going to do that? Are they going to be able to provide that meaning and purpose? Will they demand that they can? Or will the quiet quitters rise in number? Of course, another issue when you don't have much work or when you're lowering down the level of work that you've done is that you become listless. You become a little bit bored. Because let's face it, work does provide a sense of meaning and purpose, even if it's not supposed to provide all the meaning and purpose in your life. And you'll know that if you've ever been long-term unemployed. There's something about work that is supposed to be there, that's supposed to be good. Now, I'm not sure that we all want a Jetson's life at all. I think we love work and we like the idea of work, but we don't want it to impose everything on us. And if we lose work, it's a big rock to take out of the jar. My brother is a fly-in, fly-out mine worker. And what happens is he flies two weeks up to a mine site and two weeks at home. And he literally worked hard to shift his company to giving him that time. He was originally two weeks on, one week off, and he thought, no, I need two weeks off. Guess what? He says to me, I've got nothing to do for two weeks, I'm bored. He thought what he would have would actually give him some space, but he's found that he's listless with it. At the same time, he looks at my life and he says, is there any off switch with the work you do? Somewhere there's got to be a happy medium, doesn't it? So here we are with a meaning and purpose gap in our society. As religious involvement has fallen away, civic involvement is down, people are struggling to get volunteers, and anxiety is on the rise. And work is offering to be a panacea for many of these things. And it, it kind of sounds like a plan. But let's put a warning label on it. Work can become intrusive. It can reach into our lives in ways that we hadn't anticipated. So you know that party you went to when you went on a bender? Well, it made it to Facebook and it made it to the HR department of your company. Or that tweet or Instagram which was a bit dodgy? It's not just sports stars who get into trouble for those sorts of things. So how much meaning and purpose can you get from work 
and how much meaning and purpose and identity formation should work be allowed to shape in our lives? That's the key question. That's the thing we have to think about. How do we move from there? Work may have a different answer to that question than you do. If you're super successful in your work and you're well paid and your work is interesting and highly desirable, if it's got a positive social impact, that can feel like a place you should be forever. That can feel like it's going to give you all the meaning and purpose you need. Except, of course, when your boss calls you in one day and says, sorry, we have to let you go. And, and that can happen. I had lunch recently with a friend who's high up in a major corporation in Australia. It's a lovely office. It's high off the social scale. There is beautiful food. The surroundings are amazing. There's a gym that's astonishing. And the view is to die for. And his job on the day I had met him for lunch was to tell 10 people that they no longer had a job, including one person who'd been there for 20 years. And he was racked with guilt. How do I do this? He was losing sleep about it. Because in the end, he said, for all the beauty in the office and all the desire to create meaning, the KPIs were the bottom line, the share price, the shareholders. And he had to read a script to these people as they were being let go, no matter how he felt emotionally about it. He had to literally say, it's not personal, it's business. I know you are finding meaning and purpose from here, but there's a different meaning and purpose that this company really is running, and it's a bottom line one. The bottom line, ultimately for a corporation, is not to create meaning for you or purpose for you, but pretty much profits for shareholders. That sounds harsh, but it's going to come back on you if you don't do that. I'll never forget when Lehman Brothers Bank failed. It was considered too big to fail, but it actually did. The subprime mortgage debacle in the US brought it down, and it brought it down in a day. Some of the photos that I saw of that event were revealing. The photo of the woman carrying her cardboard box out of the office with a look of despair on her face in a long conga line of other ex-employees. Where did they go from there? That's ultimately where you end up if meaning and purpose is completely built into the workplace. Let me give you an understanding of what the Bible says about work, what the big picture story of the Bible's about. Because the Bible starts with work. God creates the world as a working week and takes a rest day, but he creates humans not to be the slaves of the gods so that the gods can go and do what they like, but to be the overseers, the ones who are charged with working the world that God has created, and he gives them dignity in doing so, because there is meaning and purpose in our work. Now, the Genesis story in the Bible contrasts with the other pagan stories of the ancient world where humans are created by the gods as slaves so that the gods can do what they like, really, and the slaves just get on with managing things at a gutter level. Work is there to enjoy even in the most frustrating points in a broken world. The Bible story carries work on and says it's a good thing. It's not part of the problem, it's part of the solution. Perhaps work is a worthy addition to the meaning and purpose house of your life. Perhaps that's what it's supposed to do. But we can't make it the foundation. We have to conclude that. We look at the work in our Western world and it's just not secure enough. 
it can't provide fully the things that it's saying it will provide. It can't give us those things, that meaning and transcendence and community. It can't provide it forever, at least, even if it can do it for a while. And think too, what about when work's plans come apart from your plans? Your plan was to stay there for quite some time. Their plan was to shift you on. And what about the value shifts we're seeing in our culture when you are almost afraid to bring your values to work or you're not sure if your values align with the HR department? Won't that cause problems? These are things that we need to think about and probably a good idea to think about as you go into a career as well. So is the future of work Flintstones or Jetsons? Well, perhaps it's neither, or perhaps it's a mix of both. It's certainly more complex than work being cut off at the end of a day and you never think about it, or merely just nine hours in a fantastic future of leisure. It's far more complex than that. Maybe we need to think about our own desires for meaning and purpose and where we find them. Maybe we need to look outside the work setting to find them. Maybe we need to feel identity, transcendence and community from places that are far more stable than the workplace. Perhaps one day in the future, you might realise that work has been stretched to cover what it was never intended to cover, that it couldn't carry all that weight of meaning and purpose, and you'll look somewhere else. And then perhaps we can return to the places that do give us those values and frameworks and meaning and purpose. So until next time, yabba dabba do. Podcast.